Good morning. Happy good morning. It's a, it's an early morning. Yes, yeah, she <laughs> is. She, she's yawning. We're uh, just drinking coffee here from our girl. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Heather sent us coffee. She sent us money to buy coffee this morning for this for this episode, which is really sweet. Thank you. She's so nice. I love her. So she's much. so nice. Yes. <laughs> so we did Christmas last night. I caved. You did. Yep. Not waiting until after when the kids get back. No, I want Christmas stuff taken down. (laughs) And this is why. Because, you know, I have one of those pre-lit trees. I have a fake Christmas tree because Coral and Trista both are horribly allergic to freaking everything. And when I get real trees, like, it absolutely kills their allergies. Like, they do, like, shot immunization. Like, they're, like, really allergic to everything. I feel like the pine needles go everywhere and they're more of a hassle than Yeah. Brighton wants a real tree really bad. And I'm like, I just think about like stepping on pine needles and pine needles being all over the house. And we have pets and the cat's getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a fake tree and it's pre-lit and three quarters of the lights went out three days ago. I know. You're going to have to get some string lights. So now it's not even pretty. You're going to have to get string lights next year. I'm like a damn new Christmas tree. And those things are not cheap. I know. And three quarters, only the top of the tree is lit up. I'm like, this is not whatever. So I was like, the kids don't come back until, I mean, like for nine days. And so I I want Christmas stuff taken down. Yeah. I'm over it. I got my faith in my mother restored last night though with my Christmas present. Oh my God. Okay. So I, I'm horrible about Christmas. The kids wanted to open a Christmas present earlier than our early Christmas. Right. (laughs) So on, I think it was Monday... I let Bridger, Tristan, and Coral open a present, and I got Bridger, you guys all know, is like cowboy to the core, so I got him a pair of like really, really nice cowboy boots, which are freaking expensive. I know. These now grow in six months. He's going to, yeah, and ruin because he wears them constantly, but I got him like limited, anyway, and then Tristan got a pair of those, you know, those Ugg slipper things that are the new fad, whatever. Um, but they won't be here until the end of January. (laughs) So I had to get her a different pair of shoes. So she got a pair of shoes and Coral is a shoe whore. Literally. So I got her a pair of, um, did I get her dudes? I think maybe. Yeah, you got her some dudes. Anyway, Samantha has been wanting a pair of Hey Dudes for probably two years or whatever since they first came out. I just can't justify spending that kind of money on myself. So... She, so the kids are like, oh, Sam, look at our new shoes. Look at our new shoes. And Samantha goes into like complete hysterics about my mom doesn't love me. She doesn't buy me any shoes. And I'm like, you're a grown ass woman. You can buy your own damn shoes. But it's better if my mommy buys me shoes. And she goes on and on and on like for all week (laughs) about how I don't love her because I don't buy her shoes. She's 27 years old, you guys. Like. She can buy her own damn shoes. I'm just saying, would you rather spend money on something stupid or something that I'll wear all the time? So she opened her Christmas presents last night, and what did her mommy get her? Some hey dudes. <laughs> Bare shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then she was like, "My mom does love They're me. They're very comfy. They are comfortable. They're so comfy and they're cute. Yeah." Yeah, but they are expensive. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Is like I am such a like I have no problem wearing like walmart cheap shoes and that's usually what i buy is like cheap shoes and coral roasts me about that all the time yeah because she's like name brand and has to, if my and, shoes yeah. get creased i don't wear them anymore like princess yeah so normally i get her hand me downs which is funny because i'm the big sister i know but we have the same size foot so if her shoes are just not to her par anymore i get her hand me downs yeah so, and her shoes she's she's really anal about her shoes like she's her white shoes, if they get a stain on them or if they get dirty or whatever, she won't wear them they anymore. They go to me. And her shoes are like $250 shoes. A pair of... I know. So I haven't bought shoes in forever because I just get Coral's hand-me-downs. Yeah. I'm like a famous footwear girl. Like, I don't care either. But I don't wear tennis shoes. Right. But... And, and tennis shoes, like, I have to approve the tennis shoes that I get through Coral. Or she does. She roasts you. Oh, if I wear her white shoes that she gave me that has a stain on them and they're dirty, dirty, like have mud on them, she'll make me take them off and clean them. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I think shoes are in my kitchen sink as much as dishes are in my sink. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. And Bridger is like the pillar opposite, right? Like he's like, just give me some cowboy boots and some blue, black, you know, tennis shoes for gym or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't. He's like and, fine with his and there's shoes. mud on them all the time because he's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he does whatever. But yeah, so we did Christmas last night and mom does love me. And I do love my daughter. It's good to know. Even though she's. <laughs> my faith is restored. Yeah. But I think it was okay. I think it was, it went it was okay. Good. It's, I, I think every mom in the whole world probably goes through this, but yesterday morning, um, Coral, before she went to school, I was like agonizing over presents because I have five kids and a son-in-law. So I've got six kids that I, you know, buy for, for Christmas. And I, so I call Coral upstairs and I'm like, Coral, I'm really like, did everybody get equal amount of presents? Did everybody like, is everything good? And she's like, mom, everything is fine. And I'm like, can we just like lay out the presents in piles and count them please? And she's like, yes. And so we laid out all of the presents in piles or whatever. And, and I was like, if I need to go like last minute trip somewhere, like I need to know now instead of like having somebody have hurt feelings or whatever, everybody got shoes and not me whatever so I mean we it was pretty equal we did good mm-hmm. I did good yeah so that was that that was that we had a nice dinner last night so yes. we waited until Brighton was off work at six and had a nice dinner I do not do traditional ham and blah for Christmas dinner and steak and crab legs yep steak and crab Mashed legs taters. yeah it's the only thing Trish will eat so right but and then everybody was so tired I made Brighton likes apple pie, so I made him a homemade apple pie like an hour before he got off work. And Trista only eats, well, only likes strawberry cheesecake, but in a very, very particular way. She's got to have the cheesecake, and then it's got to set up, and it's got to be hard. And then you got to do a strawberry puree on top of it, and then fresh cut strawberries sliced thin for her to pour over it. Anyway, so I made all these pies, all these different kind of pies, and nobody even ate them. So I was like, Brighton, you're not leaving this house without taking this damn pie with you. Like, damn it, eat this pie. I thought about that when I got home. I was like, damn it, I didn't get any pie. I know. It's all still in the fridge. I'm going to eat cheesecake before I leave. Yeah, for sure, because there's lots of it, and I'll eat it. I was too distracted hanging out at your new bar. Yes, my new bar. We said that it started getting built, but she's got, like, the countertops on now. Yeah. And it's like first like sexual like bar now. It is. It is. We we hung out here for a little bit last night and my son-in-law even said good job, which is like I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> yep, and Samantha got me all glassware for Christmas for my bar, which is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. Anyway, it's coming together. So that's what we have. That's what we have. That's our mess. That's what we got this morning. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so, um, I brought the case today. Yes, you did. It's not a fun case. Ugh, just okay. heads up. Okay. So, we'll just get into it. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Patreon, The Suspended Sentence Podcast. You can email us at thesuspendedsentencepodcast at gmail.com. And you can buy Tracy's book anywhere that books are sold, IDP, and the 13 Components to Criminal Thinking and Behavior. Boom. Boom. Good job. Thank you. The boom is not added. It's not. It's not part of the title. It's not. <laughs> we should add it. We should. <laughs> to recall all the books. Add boom. Right. Exactly. I did get a, um, an email and a phone call from some guy from some TV thing that wants to do an interview with me on my book. That's exciting. I know. I'm so hesitant to do stuff like that, though. Yeah. Because it's such a... Subject. It is, yeah, and there's just so much bullshit that went along with that program. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't know. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about it. I haven't responded yet because I'm like I don't know. But am I the vibes for a minute? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Anyway, so Samantha, we have heard in the news a lot lately. A lot of uh, these high-profile cases of 
children living at home in situations that are absolutely absolutely horrific, right? Like there's mm-hmm. um, just in this last year. I mean, I don't even know how many have been like high profile on the news, massive coverage. That's just like we all just sit like on the edges of our seats and are like, what the actual hell, mm-hmm. right? Like Ruby Frank, mm-hmm. that deal. Lindsay Clancy, do you know that one? Mm-hmm. The for those that don't know, she strangled her three babies with a um, exercise band, then jumped off her balcony. Then Tammy Daybell. I mean, like, there's tons of these of these cases this year um, that the media has covered. That's just like, what the hell is going on, right? Yeah. And and it's always so shocking. It's always just like, how can a mother? How can a mom? You know. Yeah. The, the Children's Bureau at the Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families, their reports say that 600,000 children approximately are the victims of maltreatment in 2021. Wow. 600,000. Wow. An estimated 1,820 children die from abuse. And it is more common for children to be killed by their mother than by anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, if anybody even thinks that that's an acceptable number. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like that, that is. You I should mean, probably do some self-reflecting. If that's- I mean, seriously. And so I sit and I reflect on that and I'm just like, how is that? Because, I mean, we've talked about this before that how like. When I was in undergrad, the concept of filicide is super, super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's filicide, for those of you who don't know, it's death by mother. It's super, it's super interesting to me because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Like if you, and I'm not like, there's, this isn't a pity party here. Like this isn't what this is, but I was a single mom of five kids. I worked 70 hours a week and went to school full time and not one time. And I mean, you want to talk about stress and pressure and fear. I mean, that was our life for years and years and years and years. Not one time did I ever think about killing my kids. Not one time. And so the concept, the idea, and I, and I mean, my son is ADHD with defiance. He is, I mean, he was a very, very high maintenance kid. Mm -hmm. Not one time. And so the idea and the concept is really, really, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. And I know that there's, I know that there's some mental health things that diagnoses that affect that, you know, postpartum depression, but that, that would be like within the first year of the child's life, right? Mm-hmm. Not older children like Ruby Frankie, what the hell? And, and how little society does to intervene, to help. Yeah, like everybody just really keeps their mouth shut. And that is also super fascinating to me. How people are very, very much just kind of like shut the front door and ignore it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really understand that. I don't understand that. Not when it comes to kids, you know, but. So I don't like that's where this is already going. No, no, you're not. And I, and I don't either. And I mean, if you listen to our, our, you know, a couple episodes ago, the Sylvia case, like, I mean, I love kids. Mm -hmm. I love kids and it makes me super emotional Yeah. (laughs) and I don't, I don't like it, but, but I think that it's important that people are aware. Mm -hmm. So today I want to tell the story um, that, I mean, you may know a lot of people are following this and it's happening right now. Um, more information is coming out like pretty much every hour. And some of the pieces are really, really difficult to put together. So kind of bear with me. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I'm sure that we'll learn more, you know, as time goes on and I'm sure she'll write a book or some bullshit, but this is the story of the Ark family. Okay. Chandra, Shanda, I'm sorry, Vander Ark was born September 25th, 1979 in Muskegon, Michigan. Little can be found yet about her early life, but later in life, um, as she was a mother, she graduated from one of Michigan's most prominent law schools with honors. Oh, wow. She attended Western Michigan University Cooley Law School and passed the bar exam on her first attempt. She was very, very intelligent. She knew the law. She understood the law. She knew it, and she knew it well. 
She was employed as a law clerk at the county circuit court. Specifically, she was the judge's clerk. She had not yet obtained her license to practice law, but only because of some family issues. Some family issues being her husband had a stroke. Okay. Okay, so um, she also had a YouTube channel. So she had two very, very good jobs, but still her oldest son, not her oldest son, her second oldest son, who was 20, worked to help support the family financially. So that doesn't really make sense to me. But anyway, according to Shanda, though, she struggled with insomnia and she was hypoglycemic. That's where your blood sugar gets really low, dangerous low. Um, She also claims that she had PTSD and a disassociation disorder. Hmm. So a disassociation disorder is a mental health condition, right, that involves experiencing like a loss of connection between thoughts, memories, feelings, surroundings, behaviors, stuff like that. Okay. These, the, this condition, um, it, it's like an escape from reality in ways that are not wanted or not healthy. Um, it caused problems in managing everyday life. Disassociated disorders usually arise as a reaction of shocking or like traumatic or painful events. And it makes somebody like push away memories. Um, symptoms depend in part of the type of disorder that the person has, and that can range from like memory loss to disconnection to identities, stuff like that. Um, some of the symptoms are like a sense of being separated from yourself and your emotions, thinking that people and things around you are not real, blurred sense of your own identity, memory loss, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts and behavior. Okay. So I just want you to keep that in the back of your head and what I just explained to you about that disorder as I tell you what she did. But again, she she says she had that or anybody... She says that she has anybody, that. anybody, like a psychiatrist or anybody came up and been like, yeah, I agree. Um, well, I could not find any actual medical evidence that she has that diagnosis, which would not be unusual, i.e. HIPAA, Right. right. But she says that she has that, okay? Let me tell you what she did first, but then let's come back to this, okay? okay. Um, because I, I believe very, very much and I advocate fiercely for mental health. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that pisses me off more when people use a mental health diagnosis as an excuse for shitty-ass behavior. Yeah. For sure. No, because it, it takes away from the significance of mental and illness. And it makes people like not believe those that actually are suffering from... Mental illness of right. any kind. Yeah, because I agree. Because it's almost like, you know, when... Not to... Whatever. But when women are like, oh, this happened to me, this happened to me, and this happened to me, and it's false claims. Yeah. It makes the people, the actual victims... Like they're lying. To be believed. Absolutely. Like, it puts doubt in everybody's mind about... The significance of it. Right. Right. So just keep that in your back of mind, and then we'll come back to that, okay? Okay. So Chandra was first married to Eric Ferguson, okay? Their children are Eric Jr., who was born in 2000, Paul, who was born in 2002, Millie, who was born in 2004, and Timothy Jr., who was 15 at this time and born in 2006, and another child whose name is being excluded because he's really young. He's like seven. But the court refers to him as G a lot. Um, but the couple lived separately. Timothy, so they were married, but they weren't. They didn't live in the same household. Mm. Timothy Jr. was born with some health issues. Okay, He was not an easy baby to care for, according to her. And his medical condition took some management. He specifically had a cerebral disorder. This is um, damage to the brain areas that control muscle movement and or or um, that brain area. Oh, my gosh, I can't talk. That brain um, area just doesn't develop correctly or as it should. Okay. Okay. So he was also autistic and speech and motor impaired. Okay. Okay. So he wasn't um, he wasn't a healthy, strong, strapping 15 year old boy. He came to live at his mother's house in North Norton Shores from his father's house in Oklahoma in May of 2021. Okay. Okay. When he came, he was a healthy weight. 
he, he seemed fine. Okay. So, so he came to live at his mother's house and I'm not really sure how this happened because mom was a former Oklahoma County resident who lost custody of her kids for abuse. Oh, okay. So an investigation done by the Oklahoma child protective services between 2009 and 2012 resulted in a recommendation to terminate her parental rights. So KFRO covered the story in Oklahoma and they said that Shandra quote agreed to relinquish custody in 2012 in order to avoid permanent severing of her parental rights. Okay. So it had something to do with church. Somebody at church reported her for abuse. They did an investigation. They justified the, the accusations and they were like, we're terminating your parental rights. That's how bad it was. Right, because we all know, and we've talked about this many times before, about the chances and chances and chances that yep. parents get when they shouldn't. Right. So so let's keep in mind and go back to the beginning when I tell you how smart this woman is. Mm-hmm. Okay, law is her gig. Right. And she's good at it, you guys. She's smart. The bar exam is not easy. That is not an easy test to pass. And she passed it with honors. She graduated like second in her class. Okay, she's smart when it comes to law. So what do they do? They just live in separate homes. So dad, Eric, keeps the kids and she just moves to a different household. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't lose her parental rights. Okay, well, they're still fucking married. So that's why... 20-year-old son has to help with finances because they're supporting two households. And if... Okay, well, I won't get into that yet. And I'm sure that they're very nice households. Yeah. So she wasn't supposed to have these kids at all. At all. But she moves states a lot. Apparently, she moved and had 18 different addresses going from Oklahoma all the way to Virginia in less than 10 years. Jesus. She was also a recluse. She never went outside. She stayed to herself. She didn't associate with neighbors. The kids never went outside. The kids were even homeschooled. So the kids were completely off the grid too. They never left the house. Probably because she wasn't supposed to have them, but whatever. Right, kind of bad if mom shows up to PTA. (laughs) Right. But then in in January 2022, Eric has that stroke. And, and I don't know, I don't know if that's why the kids went back to live with her or what transpired to make the kids go from dad's house to mom's house. If she thought enough time had passed, if she, th- I, I don't know, but that would be really interesting to find out. And I think that Eric should be fucking prosecuted for that. But at any rate, the next seven months from the time that they go to live with mom will be absolute hell for Timothy. For Timothy, absolute hell. January 6th, 2022, at approximately 6.37 a.m., Norton Shores Police Department respond to an emergency call about a suspicious death at a home located in a 4,000 block of Marshall Road. Upon arriving at the scene, first responders discover the body of a teenage male, 15-year-old, in an ice bath, malnutritioned, and showing significant signs of abuse the boy was pronounced dead on scene. Initially, Chandra and her son, Paul, told the police that he was disabled and he must have fallen out of his bed. Into an ice bath? They knew that that was like, yeah, into an ice bath. He fell out of his bed. He fell out of your bed and what, flew through the air into a magical ice bath? Right. So obviously the cops are like, "Mm, sugar, nah, no, no, no. So the county medical examiner performed an autopsy on him and reportedly determined that the body, that the boy's cause of death was a combination of malnutrition, malnutrition and hypothermia. Hmm. He weighed 69 pounds. At 15. An average 15 year old boy weighs about 130 pounds. Jesus. What would be uncovered in the next phase of the investigation though, will literally make you sick. During the trial, Text messages between Chandra, Shanda and her Paul son were read in court out loud. One message, Shanda is saying to her son, he isn't worth anything and that he should just die. In, a me- in another message, she says she wished she was never born. 
Wow. So here's a few of the things that they would do to this poor kid. Great. Okay. They would punish Timothy by withholding food for long periods of time, only feeding him hot sauce, soaked bread, and pouring hot sauce directly down his throat. Now, <clears throat> not just any hot sauce. Okay, not just like the hot sauce that's in our fridge or that's in your fridge or that's in your fridge that's listening. No, no, this is special order hot sauce that you can only get on the internet, right? It is called the California Reaper hot sauce. It's made from the Carolina Reaper pepper, which was specifically made to beat the ghost pepper and the scorpion pepper on the Scoville scale. This is literally the world's hottest pepper. That's what they were shoving down his throat, soaking bread and rice in and force feeding him. And that's it. So imagine the wounds down his throat, like the burning. Right. They would make him stand for hours against the wall. They would make him stand or do wall sits on a wall for hours. I can't do a wall sit for a minute. Yeah. And they would make him sit there and do that for hours. They would force him to take long ice baths. They restrained him with shackles and zip ties. Now, he didn't have a bedroom. So it's funny that she would say he fell out of the bed, right? He, what he had was a little cubby underneath the stairs in the basement. You know, under the stairs, those little areas. She says that he wanted to be there, that he wanted a room to himself that had a door on it. Bullshit. Yeah. 100%. Bullshit. And he would lay literally lifeless there, like for hours, because he had no energy. He wasn't being fed. Right. His blanket was a plastic blue tarp. He was not permitted to use the bathroom or leave his closet, i.e. his bedroom. So his room, the closet under the stairs, this little area, reeked of urine and feces. They would put him in adult diapers sometimes, but other times, like, he didn't have the energy to even get up to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah. The door of the closet was equipped with an alarm to keep him inside. Five surveillance cameras were located all over the room to monitor what, to monitor what happened while she was at work. So she could watch the video cameras inside the house to make sure that everybody was doing what everybody was supposed to be doing. And she would tell, she would text Paul constantly, do this, do this, make him do this. Get rough with him. I don't care. Like she, while she's at work, at the courthouse, in the judge's chambers, watching video cameras, abusing her son. Let you keep going for a minute. <laughs> yep. She could, also, she could also like speak through those cameras. So she could, I mean, torment him constantly. Torment him constantly. <clears throat> when the coroner took him, she said that his ribs were showing so significantly that it was like there wasn't even skin on them. That he was so thin that, and malnutrition that he must have been suffering greatly and experiencing intense pain. I'm sure, yeah. When he would cry... Shanda would say he was faking it. And if that wasn't betrayal enough, Samantha, his older brother, Paul, the 20-year-old, would help. In the days prior to his death, he taunted his malnutritioned, weak, unable to take care of himself brother with a frozen pizza roll. He says, by his mother's instruction, right? But Paul was like to mom, He's not really moving. He's just kind of laying there. I don't know what the hell is going on. And she says, well, he's faking it. Go get a pizza roll, heat it up, put it in front of him, put it in front of his nose. And if he reaches for it, then you know that he's, that he's just faking it. So he did. He went and warmed up some pizza rolls, took him into the ice bath or wherever he was, taunted him with it. You want this? You want this? You want this? Here, you can have it. And when he would reach for it, he would snag it back and eat it in front of him. You're a 20-year-old man. Correct. Correct. She would say things like, please make sure that you go downstairs regularly to make sure that Timothy is not asleep before you leave for work. Maybe we should leave the, the light on. That way it'll be harder for him to fall asleep. Feel free to dump some cold water on him if he's starting to doze off. I honestly don't care if you get a little rough with him. 
Paul and his mother would set up their work schedules so that one of them was home with Timothy most of the time. Paul said that his mother would tell him what to do and what to feed Paul or Timothy. There were locks on the refrigerator door. Paul says that they were to keep Timothy from stealing food. Your face. So when he was asked what Timothy was being fed in the weeks before his death, Paul replies, bread with hot sauce or rice with hot sauce. He describes the burn of the hot sauce as severely painful. I fucking imagine. Absolutely. He also said that his mom told him to give Timothy the hot sauce as punishment for stealing food that he didn't need. He's 65 pounds. 69 pounds. Yep. Right. So there was one point that Shanda even told Paul to pour the hot sauce on Timothy's genitalia as a form of punishment. Paul said that he didn't do it, but I don't believe that. I don't fucking believe it. I don't Paul believe it. Paul seems like a fucking pile of shit, too. Absolutely. So. When Paul would go to the bathroom. Is he in fucking jail, too? Give I'll, me a fucking. I'll get to that. I need to know now. I'll get to that. When Paul went to the bathroom, he would even take Timothy with him so that he couldn't escape. He doesn't even have the strength he to hold himself up. He have to go to the bathroom. You think he's going to fucking escape? Right. Fucking when Paul was asked. are pretty fucking dumb. Right. When Paul was asked on the stand why he didn't do anything to help his brother, he said, he, he was asked specifically, did it not occur to you that he was dying? And he says, I'm not a doctor. My brother never asked me for help. Do you have more than one fucking brain cell in your head? Right. During the investigation, text messages between Shanda and her husband were also revealed, Eric. In the messages, Shanda discussed the abuse and the mistreatment of Timothy Jr. and even sent pictures of his injuries to her husband. And he did nothing. He did nothing. What was his responses to these text messages? Um, sounds legit. Okay. Now, he had a stroke. So perhaps... Oh, you know, whatever. I don't, whatever. I don't know. The day that Timothy died, Paul put him in an ice bath while his mom was at work at 2 p.m. Mom comes home from work at 6 p.m. Then she drives Paul to work at Applebee's. He was a dishwasher at Applebee's. Timothy was still in the tub. He wasn't even able to move at this point. Like he's literally just, he can't move. He can't get out. He was so weak. Around 11.30 p.m., Mom texts Paul telling him that Timothy is still in the bath and she has to keep adding ice. They left him there for over nine hours in an ice bath. Shanda says that she has PTSD and she doesn't remember any of this, that she blacks out. It's her disassociative personality. Mm. Eric is in Florida. He's living in Florida. So... She tried to say that she wasn't competent to stand trial. So the judge has a competency hearing and guess what? She's perfectly fine. So some of the things that, that she would say, she made this all his fault in court and I've watched pretty much all of it. It's disgusting. And I really like, I'm not, you know, whatever, but literally I would love to be in a room with her for, you know, seven months. I would love to share a house with her for seven months. I wouldn't because I don't have the human capacity to do to another human being what she did to him. But, you know, like, you're disgusting. Yeah. More than disgusting. But she made this pretty much all Timothy's fault. She would say that he would go on hunger strikes. That she was really trying to get him to, to gain weight. That he did this intentionally to cause, to you know, to bring attention to him. That this was not anything that she was doing. He's the one that refused to eat. But... She said that he would like breathe through his mouth like really loud just to annoy her. No, it's probably when you're feeding him all the hot sauce, his nose is freaking creating snot. He can't breathe through his damn nose. Right. He again has your eyes water, your nose runs. Right. Again, he has that medical diagnosis, right, of the the um, cerebral disease. Okay. So he that affects his motor skills. 
right. He can't walk correctly. He can't breathe correctly. He can't do those things, not correctly, normally, like a normal person would, right? But she was brutal about this. She would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can walk just fine. Stop walking like that. He can't. He can't. She would say, nothing is wrong with you. She said that, she, that he didn't have a bed because he would take the bed apart and it wasn't safe to sleep in, but he fell off of it, right? Mm -hmm. She said that he would sneak out, that she had a mattress down there for him to sleep on, but he destroyed it. He would tear up blankets. He would wake everybody up in the middle of the night. He didn't have the strength to set himself up in an ice bath. And you want us to believe that he would take a bed apart Literally. or tear up a mattress? I can't get the tag off my mattress. Seriously. But you're telling me that a 69-pound malnutrition child who hasn't eaten in seven months is tearing up a mattress? No. Right. So she said that he was acting, that all of it was fake, and so she had no idea that he was about to die. She had no idea that anything was even wrong. Again, right? do you have eyes? Or a heart. She was arrested, and she was charged with first-degree murder and first-degree child abuse. Paul was charged with one count of first-degree child abuse. But Paul makes a plea deal. Paul, you put him in the fucking bathtub the day he died. But he did it because he thought that his mom was a good mom, and she, he was just following instructions. He was just doing what he was told to do. What's it like to have a fucking vagina? Sorry. Oh! <laughs> so Paul makes a plea deal, right, to get out of trouble. And he turns state witness against his mom. And he tells everything. Not that we needed him. You don't need him. Why? Because you've got, they communicated everything via text message. And she had video surveillance. Right. We have, they have all of that. They didn't need him. But, but that's what they did. Her attorney is Fred Johnson. And he argued in court that his client did not grasp the harm that she caused her son. And did not know that he was starving to death. Mm. This woman who passed the bar exam on the first try, who graduated from law school second in her class, didn't grasp the harm that she was causing. That's insane. Amazing. But this is what she plays the whole time on the stand. Ready? I don't remember. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. She must have said, I don't remember that. Probably a thousand times. Seriously. But she did justify the shit out of the punishments that she gave him. She, I mean, she justified the shit out of it. Acting as though Timothy was so much work. He was 69 pounds and didn't have enough energy to lift himself out of the bathtub. He was so much work. Come on. Both her and Paul both showed very, very, very little emotion on the stand. Like, Paul acted almost as though he was annoyed to be there. Annoyed that they were asking questions. She, like, uh, I don't even know. Like, zero emotion. The only emotion that she showed is she pretended to throw up or forced herself to throw up when they showed her pictures of Timothy in the bathtub and his body after he had died. That's the only time that she... Why is that so gross to you? He's looked like that for seven months. Right. What's different? He's pretty much lifeless for seven months. What's different? Right. And Paul, all Paul kept saying is, I did what I was told. I did what I was told. I was told to do that. The jury did find her guilty of murder after delivering, deliberating for an hour and six minutes. Why did the, it take that long? Um, I think paperwork. I think they had to go through the whatever. Anyway. The sentence is a mandatory life sentence, and sentencing will happen January 29th. Good. So. What about Paul? There's he hasn't gone to trial yet because okay. they had to do this one first. So she's on Facebook. It's Chandra Vander Ark, S-H-A-N-D-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-A-R-K. She has a Facebook. And in 2011, on her Facebook, she started following a page called Assist in the Fight to Stop Child Abuse. Shut the fuck up. You are lying. Nope. But at any rate, check out her page. It's not super private. Like, she doesn't have her privacy settings up. So check out her page. It's, um, and, and read the comments. Specifically back in, like, 2019, 2020, when, you know, the first child abuse stuff was going on. Or 2011. Is it pretty, is it pretty, did she get torn up? No. 
Oh. No, the people who supported her was, just read it. Just go and check it out and make, you know, if you are a stalker like I am. I'm not a stalker. Stalker has a felony associated with it. <laughs> if you do your, if you like to do your research the way that we like to do our research, that's fine. Right. So, so let's go back. Let's go back to the diagnosis. Okay. Which she's uh, blaming everything on. Okay. okay. It does not fucking fit. Right. Right. It does not fit. A sense of being separated from yourself or others, unable to take care of like function in a daily basis. It isn't just going to affect if you, if it was because of a mental health diagnosis, sorry, this is the truth. You guys, it's not, if you're going to be abusive to your children, you're going to abu be abusive to all of your children, not one child. Right. And, and she, she was going to be able to function in at work. You can't just turn on and turn off. It's not like you walk out your freaking front door that morning and are just like, completely fine normal no. human being and then the moment you walk in at 5 p.m no mental illness kicks that's in. not that's the not way that it works. works you don't get to pick and choose when your mental illness kicks and in. you don't anybody who has anxiety anybody who has depression anybody who has stress anybody who has those things and we all have a, have experienced it from one point in time or another throughout our lives it's not a light switch Right. It doesn't, you don't just turn it on and off. If you have anxiety that day, you have anxiety that day. Yeah. Yes, there are things that you can do to whatever. But also, even at work, there wouldn't be a break from it, right? Because she's still watching those damn cameras. Right. She's still in it. She's still in it. So, so this one, I mean, disassociation disorders, like it's a real thing. I mean, I'm really, really good at doing that. I'm really, really good at completely separating myself from past traumas and being like, it's just a story. You've heard me say it before when mm -hmm. I talk about things. That's not what she's got. She does not have a mental health diagnosis that's making her do this. Right. It's not. And why only one of the kids? She's got okay. five kids. So also though, if she did have this, at her trial, a psychiatrist would have spoken for that. Right. Maybe. Which would have been public notice. We would have we would have known something about it by that point. Right. Because if that's her argument, 100% somebody would have spoken to that. Right. But she's a liar. So, because, I mean, look at every other case. I mean, um, Andrea, Gates. Andrea Yates is a good example mm -hmm. um, with the postpartum and everything. Doctors came out well, and Well, even with that. Lindsay Clancy in that case, I mean, she was in a psychiatric hospital just a few weeks before before she killed her kids and she was seeking psychiatric care for years and right. they're all speaking up and that's all front, you know, right up front. Right. So yes, HIPAA, but when she's making that claim and she's going to trial, that's something that would have came out. Right. Somebody would have spoken and, to... And I have PTSD and so I black out. No, you fucking don't. Especially with her trial to decide if she was able to even go to trial. Right. If this was the case, we wouldn't be where we are. So it's not true. No. It's not true. I mean, it might be true. It's not. But it doesn't, but it doesn't have, she might have that diagnosis. She's stupid. But that diagnosis doesn't have a damn thing to do with what she did to 100%. Timothy. She's it doesn't, it does not have any, and <clears throat> she was a good worker. Everybody at the courthouse says that she's a great worker. <coughs> well, my throat just got really dry. So if. So she wasn't distracted when she was at work. It didn't even affect her enough to distract or take away from her job. Right. She was calculated in what she did. She was planned in what she did. She got away with, with abusing them one time and she did it again. Yeah. And she did it right under the nose of the judicial system. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Absolutely literally. Going in and sitting in the, in the judge's office every day, doing legal paperwork, prosecuting people for doing the same shit that she was doing and she she was doing it yeah this is horrible absolutely and nobody did anything you know for the most part nobody even knew that he existed nobody even knew yeah so i mean i can't really i can't even really jump on society as far as like not protecting and defending this this little guy <laughs> because nobody even knew that he existed but but how? How did how did nobody know that he existed? Okay, here's my question. Okay, so Paul, go fuck yourself. Eat Literally. shit and die. I hate you. 
Um, dad, eat shit, die, I hate you. <laughs> um, where's other siblings? In the house. Okay, what the fuck with all of you? Right. Right. I know. I'm sorry. I am a big sister. Yep. Yep. A 20-year-old man, I if I came in and saw you, like, not that this would ever happen, but if I came in and saw this happening, I would do something. You and I would fucking go throw hands. Yes. There would be a problem. Right. Like, I love you. You are my mother. Like, I respect you. I love you. But, like, my siblings are, like, they're a part of me. Yes. Yeah. They're my built-in, like... Well, I don't always get along with them. No. And I was just driving me crazy. I was just going to say that like nobody in this family goes toe to toe the way that Tristan Bridger do. Or me and Zach. But, but Tristan Bridger, because they're little and they're in the house. But if, if Bridger, like Tristan will be like venomously attacking him, like verbally, not physically, obviously. And if Bridger gets in trouble and I turn on Bridger and, and I reprimand Bridger, Trista instantly will stop and say, no, I'm sorry, mom, I was out of line. Like it's, I have never taken food away from my children ever. That is, right. oh my God. Right. Oh my God. And you want to see a freaking shit show. Last year, <laughs> last year, do you remember when um, Bridger forgot it was during the COVID thing and they couldn't use the, um, the drinking fountains at school. And so the kids had to bring water bottles to school yeah. where well, he was eight and he's a boy and he is super scatterbrained and he always forgot his water bottle all the time. I always had one, but he would always freaking leave it. And I go to work right after I drop him off. So I wouldn't even come home to see, you know, that he had forgotten it, whatever. Well, one day I go to pick him up from school and he walks out of the school and he's walking like really lethargically and really just like not his upbeat, happy, whatever self. And I, and he gets in the car and I was like, what's the matter, buddy? He's like, I'm really thirsty. Do you have something to drink? And I handed him my water bottle, which is like 32 ounce or 40 ounce, whatever water bottle that was full of ice water. He drank the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, bro, have you not been drinking? And he's like, no, my teacher said as a punishment for not bringing, not being responsible and bringing my water bottle to school, that I couldn't have a drink all day. In fact, she wouldn't let him have a drink at lunch. I freaking hit the brakes and turned around to that school, and I went in there, and I almost lost, got her fired. Yeah. You don't do that. Right. You do not take food and water away from a child. Right. Trista is the most pickiest eater in the entire stinking world. And still, I will not... Not, I mean, like if I cook something for dinner and she doesn't want to eat it, I don't say, okay, then you can go to bed hungry. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't understand. I don't I, fucking get it. I, my. Um, but how did he have a stroke and people know about that and not say, okay, where are the kids? Yeah. How did this happen? And she knows. Or like knew. a case manager stepping in or, I mean. DFS was already involved. Right. In a different state, but whatever. But that was already involved. Right. So there's definitely room to grow here. State of whatever. I don't even know what state would have. I'm so confused. I'm like, okay, I get like the public. Okay. Nobody knew. He, there's what? Four kids. I know. I know. He had two other siblings. Yeah. Okay, Paul, you might just be a fucking shitbag, but where are the other two siblings? They're grown, too. I know. I know. And now this little guy is dead. He's dead. I think everybody should be fucking held accountable. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I agree. Um, so I will tell you, um, I am going to write this. I am going to write to her in prison. Are you? I am. Because I have so many questions and I, I just want to understand. I want to try to understand. So if she ever responds, we'll, we'll let you guys know. But moving, moving forward, if, if anybody ever knows of someone who's being abused, please, please do something. Yeah. Call your local law enforcement and just request a welfare check or call CPS or DFS or whatever. You can make these calls anonymously. And, you know, if you don't trust law enforcement or you don't tr- trust um, your CPS office or whatever, which a lot of people don't, call your local fire department. Mm-hmm. Fi- firemen are, I mean, 
I, we've already discussed this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they will do something. Call yeah. someone. Call someone. Call the, I mean, I don't know about schools, but I mean, especially if somebody is homeschooled or whatever, I think that the school district has got a lot going on, but call law enforcement, call fire department, call someone, call someone that will do something about it. Someone's life could literally depend on it. Right. And keep calling, keep calling. If somebody doesn't show up in a day or two and you are seeing things that aren't sitting right with you or whatever, keep calling keep doing it. You could be literally their only voice. Right. And if none of those work, there is a child help hotline and you can either call or text this number. It's 1-800-422-4453. And we will post that on all of our social media so that everybody can, you know, has access to it, but don't do nothing. And here's the deal. I would rather call and be wrong then be right and do nothing. Right. Make the call, send the text, be their voice. Yeah, I agree. We have a social obligation to our children. We, we do. And it is your business. It takes a village. It is your business. Yeah. We have on our Instagram the little tab at the top for resources. Um, we'll add that in there too so that it's always up. So if you need it and don't want to scroll through the entire page, it'll be under resources as well. I would love to never, ever, ever do a case like this again. I know. We've had two, Sylvia and Timothy we've, this week. We've had, yeah, we've had a lot over the our year, first year. But... Like, it's absolutely horrific. Yeah. Well, I hate you for this. I'm sorry. It's important to say, though. It's important to know. I was only going to be the one that brought horrible cases at the end of the month. I know. It's crazy. <sighs> and on a different note from us here, Samantha and Tracy... We wish you guys the merriestest of Christmas, merriestestes, the merriestestes of Christmases. And we hope that everybody finds joy and has an amazing day and remembers why we celebrate Christmas. Did you know that in North Korea, they don't celebrate Christmas? Hmm. Did you know that? No. Yeah. It's outlawed. Random fun fact for us yeah. for the day. They celebrate the leader, whatever he is, president or whatever. They celebrate his... Mother's birthday. Oh. But Christmas is outlawed in North Korea. Hmm. So at any rate, Merry Christmas to everybody. Jeez. And happy. No, seriously. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone. And we will talk to you soon. Stay safe. Merry Christmas.